Welcome to the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. This podcast was created as a way to provide education and connection to the women of Middle Tennessee. My goal is to connect you with local women's health and fitness providers so you know what services are available in your area. I am your host, Amy Bailey. I'm a local women's health physical therapist, yoga instructor, and life coach. Thank you for joining the podcast and being a part of this amazing community. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. It's your host, Amy Bailey, and I thought I'd talk a little bit about pain today. I've been doing um, quite a few virtual consults during this social distancing period that we're in, and this week I've been getting a flood of what I like to call pelvic 911 calls. I posted about this on my Instagram, but I wanted to use this platform to talk a little bit more about pain during this crazy time. Um, I call these pelvic 911 calls because these calls or texts are late-ish at night, usually between 9 and 11 p.m., and people are reaching out desperate for pain relief. And some of these calls, you know, they're from current or past patients of mine, but some are from new people that just have found me from social media. And it's been interesting to kind of see this evolve. Because I typically do work with patients with pain. This is um, part of the caseload that I treat, but the calls are very different than what they were before. I wasn't getting these 911 like calls. I wasn't getting them late at night. I was getting them, you know, maybe an email Hey, I'm having some pain. I'd love to talk to you or schedule a session. But now they're more urgent. Um, so, for those of y'all that don't know, I'm a physical therapist and I specialize in pelvic health, um, but I have a background in everything from pediatrics to geriatrics. So, I've been treating pain in some form or another for about 15 years. And the pain that I'm seeing now looks very different. Before, the pain that I was treating, you know, it may have been intentional, like a scheduled surgery, like an elective procedure. And so they knew there was going to be pain following it. They may not have been prepared for how much pain or what the pain would feel like, but they kind of knew going in there would be a component of pain. Or maybe it was a spontaneous injury, like a sports injury or um, just wear and tear on a joint. And usually when you have a sports injury, you're not prepared for it, but you understand, hey, I fell, I tore a ligament, it should hurt. So your brain kind of recognizes this sucks, but I understand it. But the pain that people are, you know, experiencing now, um, it's coming from a place of stress usually and um, just some change in our daily life. And it's not pain that most people were prepared for. So, you know, before the patients were chronic pain in nature, they were, you know, pain from endometriosis or pelvic floor disorders I saw a lot of pregnancy-related pain or postpartum pain from like a C-section or a perennial tear, which also in our brains kind of makes sense. You know, you have a baby, it might, there might be a component of pain from it, or you've been struggling with endometriosis for 10 years and you know you have periods of flare-ups and pain is on some level a part of your life or something that you understand or identify with. Um, So these pains that I'm getting now, this call, it's more than um, even just a flare-up. And it's more than just pelvic pain. I'm getting calls for back pain and hip pain, um, shoulder pain, neck pain, a lot of new pains. I can't sleep on my side anymore. I can't find a comfortable position to sleep in or sit in. These are a lot of the 911 calls that I'm getting. So, you know, most of us think, yeah, well, Stress causes pain, and we're all a little bit stressed right now. 
Yeah, that's true. But pain is just, it's more complex. And it's more than just a stress response. Pain has memory. And pain can mislead us and cause us to think it's in one area. But really, it's originating from another area. So sorry about my dog in the background. So this is all part of our COVID-19 life. I have three kids and a dog and a cat. So you may hear some background noise. We're just going to move past that. But anyway, pain is tricky. And it causes us to lose sleep. It can cause us to change emotions rapidly. You know, we could be depressed from our pain and then angry in the next moment from our pain. So we're fatigued from the pain. We're fatigued from the stress. We're fatigued from dealing with the change of emotions that we're experiencing and just plain worn out sometimes from this. So let's just kind of go through the obvious. Um, You know, we're all stressed. Life has changed for all of us. Uh, Even if we feel like some of these changes that we're experiencing right now are for the better, we aren't used to living our life like this. Our routine has been altered. So even essential workers right now who are still doing their job, your day-to-day has changed. Even just the drive to work, the traffic has changed. Your work may look different. I know hospitals may be busier. Um, And if you're, you know, making equipment right now, you may be busier. School looks different for us. Um, You know, eating looks different for us. Dinner, weekends, recreation, all of these things are different, which can add to our stress. And remember, like I said before, like some of these may be positive changes that we're experiencing, but positive stress is still stress. You know, you heard years ago, weddings, having a baby, a move, all of these things may be intentional and planned, but it can still add stress to our life because it's not part of our normal. And then, of course, there's the negative stress, the injury, the illness, the layoff. And stress is stress, good or bad. And our bodies tend to like routine. They like normalcy, homeostasis. So anytime our bodies experience a change to this normalcy, we can interpret it as stress. And our neuromuscular system doesn't always know what to do with that. So we may react and we may react with pain response, which is where a lot of people I'm finding are right now. So just going back to some of these other triggers for our pain, we're eating different. We may be eating better because there's more time to cook an actual good meal and we're eating out less, but we may be eating less food because we're fearing is the grocery store going to have the the shelves stocked. So we might not be eating what we normally eat. We may be depending more on canned foods or shelved foods, um, depending on what we can even find at the grocery store. Um, We may be spending less money on food because we're trying to conserve our funds and just being conservative with what we buy. And then again, we may be, you know, flipping the switch and eating more because we're stressed or because we're home more. And so we just, you know, absentmindedly run to the cabinet and grab something. So our eating patterns are changing and we may not be paying attention to what we're eating, which can cause stress to our system and inflammation to our system, which in turn can create pain. Uh, Our sleep is effective. I, for one, have been staying up way later than normal and sleeping in. I don't have to wake the kids up early for school, so my day-to-day has changed. I kind of like it, honestly, and um, I'm able to work from home right now, which is allowing me to change my schedule some, but am I getting a true eight hours of rest a night? Probably not. Um, Some people are all around sleeping less because they're anxious or just the lack of routine, All the hours kind of run together. The days run together. So, and maybe you have more pain, so you're sleeping less. You can't get in a comfortable position. Um, And, you know, it's a cycle. So you have pain, you sleep less, which increases your intensity of pain. 
So all of these factors just again playing into our role of pain. And then some of us are just sleeping more because of all the things I just mentioned. You know, we just handle it differently. So instead of staying awake later, we're just spending more time in bed or we're just bored. Why not? Just take a nap midday. Things are things that we're not normally used to doing. Exercise. Um, This is a good one because it's really been interesting to see the change of exercise for different people. I mean, how many of us are overwhelmed with the number of live exercise videos right now? I personally think it's great, but it can be overwhelming too. So we have so many people on these online platforms offering free exercise to people. Now now is a great time to up our exercise game or to try a new exercise that we've never tried before. And a lot of it is free. You can find anything you want from line dancing to yoga to step aerobics to CrossFit online right now. So are you exercising more? You know, some of us are exercising. We upped our game so quickly that we didn't have a time to recover from the intense exercise, which can lead to injury, tissue damage, and pain. Or we could be exercising less. You know, before you may have had a pretty strict gym routine and, and now your gym is closed. Your studio is closed. Um, Or maybe we started off strong two weeks ago and now it's kind of fizzled out. This, you know, new normal has taken effect and we've realized that now we have to homeschool our children and work from home and the exercise isn't finding its place anymore. So just a change in our exercise routine or our movement routine can change our nervous system and how we respond to pain and how we respond to handling pain. Uh, Our social life, we're going... We're used to going and doing as we please. You know, you want to run to the grocery store, no big deal. Now we're trying to limit how often we get out and go. We can't even go for a hike in Tennessee because the state parks are closed. Um, I'm seeing, I live in a neighborhood, so I'm seeing a lot of people walking daily, which is great. We're getting out and taking the dog for a walk every day, which she's loving. Um, But we're missing that human interaction that we had before. We're getting a lot of family time, and that can be good and bad. It can be stressful or it can be very freeing, but it's changed. Our normalcy has changed. And again, I'm just going to throw in the homeschooling and how stressful that can be. A lot of us are trying to work from home and homeschool. I have three kids, three different ages, a middle schooler, an elementary schooler, and a preschooler. So trying to educate three different kids who learn differently or in different educational styles and phases of life is a challenge and you throw that on top of not having your normal exercise routine, social life, sleep routine, eating routine. No wonder we have people in pain. You know, it makes sense. And I'm not speaking rocket science right now. I'm speaking to the obvious, but sometimes we just need to hear it and know that you're not alone and you're not the only one experiencing pain right now. Um, Something interesting that I found recently is that vitamin D has a link with increased pain. So if you're vitamin D deficient, you are more apt to experience pain. And so I think this is really interesting and it's really hard to get vitamin D from food. There are supplements, but the best way to get vitamin D is to get out and get the sun, which there's a pro and con. We all know that increased sun exposure, there's a link with cancer. So finding times of the day that you don't get the most UV rays and But still getting outside and getting some direct sunlight is good for our system and good for pain relief. So this can be really effective for our pain population. Just reminding them or reminding yourself, hey, go outside for a little walk. Just get a little bit of sun and get back in the house and we don't want to overexpose ourselves. 
But again, just all of this leading to a messed up nervous system. And when our nervous system isn't working effectively, we have a decreased ability to modulate or regulate our pain. So the tools that we normally would use if we got in a little bit of pain aren't as effective as what we have to use right now. We have to, again, double down or triple down on our self-care to help us because things are not in a normal state. So let's talk about just kind of how we can do this. First of all, ask yourself, what pain you're experiencing right now? Is this a pain you felt before? Is this a normal pain that you're just having a flare up? Or is this a brand new pain? So if it's a new pain, it's going to be easier to get rid of. So we want to tackle that first. Pains that have been with us for a long time have a memory. They are connected with us on an emotional level and easier to kind of bring up in times of stress. And they're a little bit more challenging to get rid of. So if you're having a new pain, let's deal with that first, okay? So just kind of going back to the basics for pain control, you know, we can't just pop over to our doctor or chiropractor, or physical therapist, massage therapist, acupuncturist, whoever you would normally go to for pain relief right now. It may not be easy to get to them right now in person, but a lot of practitioners are offering telehealth or phone calls to help you. And don't discount these services. I know it's out of the ordinary and we're used to having some practitioners put their hands on us for pain relief, but reach out to your providers. I guarantee you they want to hear from you right now. And don't wait. The longer you wait, the more difficult it is to resolve these pain issues. Um, it may seem like it's not typical, like I said, but, and you know, I'm a physical therapist. So right now I kind of feel like my hands are tied behind my back when I do these telehealth calls and I have to really dig in and use my words and educate people and really get them into their body to experience what I'm talking about. It's been a great challenge for me. I've said this before. I think it's going to make me a better practitioner in the end. But right now it's all we have. So if you're in pain, don't discount the fact that these providers may be able to help you. I've been talking my clients through different positioning. I can see them. You know, how are you trying to sit? How are you laying down? How, where can we put a pillow to offload that joint and make it feel a little bit better? I've been talking them through or working through exercises with them and, and different self-massage or self-mobilization techniques over the computer. So again, don't be fearful of this type of treatment. There's so much value in having someone hear your story and problem solve with you through it. Um, another provider can look objectively at your pain and help you, whereas if you're in the middle of your pain, you can't always see easy ways to get out of pain. So one of the things that I'm offering people is called a talk with the doc option, and it's just allowing me to talk to new clients about their concerns and give them general guidelines on how to help decrease their pain or help refer them to someone else who might can help them with their pain. And it's just a phone call. Um, I find that if I need to go deeper with someone or individualize their treatment plan, they may need to schedule a telehealth visit and not just a quick talk with the doc. I typically leave the talk with the doc option to about, you know, 15 to 25 minutes, whereas a telehealth visit is going to be 30 minutes up to usually an hour and a half sometimes for people, especially people that are new to me. And we can really spend that time to dig into their issues. But um, talk with the doc has been great. Um, if you just don't know how to re who to reach out to or where to get a referral or who to even go to for your pain. Um, so yeah, if you need that option, uh, you can schedule directly through my website, uh, www.thepelvicyogi.com, 
or through my bio on Instagram, The Pelvic Yogi, I would love to help. So reach out to me. But also, if you have a provider that you know and trust, reach out to them. Call their website. Look on their website. Many providers right now are offering this telehealth option or phone call option. Okay, some other quick advice I have for pain relief. You know, go back to the basics. I know I've said that before, but good old-fashioned heat and ice. It's great. I mean, there's a reason why these two methods have withstood the test of time. Modalities come and go and research backs different things here and then it says it doesn't work there. But heat and ice is something that has stuck around for so long. Uh, my first recommendation for pain is always ice. It's an anti-inflammatory. It can be used with both acute or chronic pain. Uh, there's very little risk with ice. Uh, it's not comfortable. Most people hate ice. I get it. I hate ice. But it is a great treatment to get you out of pain. Um, if you don't have an ice pack, you can always make one. Uh, just a quick and dirty way to make an ice pack is get two Ziploc bags. If you have freezer bags, those are better. But if you don't, you can just uh, use a plain Ziploc bag and put one cup of rubbing alcohol with two cups of water. And just put that in a Ziploc bag, get the air out, zip it up, and then put it inside of another Ziploc bag. You can freeze it and then apply it either directly to your skin or drop it in a pillowcase and then put it on your skin. Um, you have to leave the ice on long enough for your tissue to go numb, which again, I know is not comfortable, but it is very effective and we want the pain and inflammation to go. So leave the ice pack on about 20 minutes and you can do it several times throughout the day. Again, um, there's really very little risk with an ice pack. You can also just drop some ice bags in a ice cubes in a Ziploc bag and again, throw in a pillowcase and put directly on your skin. Um, heat is a different story. Heat is great and most people like heat better than ice, but there's an inherent risk with heat of burning our skin, especially if we're in pain. We may experience the sensation differently and not recognize that we're getting tissue damage. So if you do opt for heat, try not to do it with a new pain or an acute injury. Try to use it for if you're experiencing a flare-up and you've had this pain before. Um, or if you've had the pain for, you know, roughly three to five days, it's okay to kind of transition to heat. But again, just be more careful. Uh, you can easily get burned. Um, use a barrier such as a towel or multiple layers of a towel, towel to protect your skin. And I would leave it on for 10 minutes and then lift it up, check the area of skin, check for redness or open areas, and at that point, discontinue use, obviously. But if it's not red and you're tolerating it okay, you can put it on for another 10 minutes. That's okay. But really, um, just remember that when you're in pain, you don't experience sensation normally, and we don't want to get any burns, okay? You can always alternate heat and ice. I think that's a great method if you're experiencing pain. You may get relief from both of them. So, you know, do heat for 20 minutes and then two hours later opt for ice. I think that's great. You can take a warm bath and throw in some Epsom salt or lavender. I mean, that is great for pain relief and calming our nervous system and stress relief. Um, it's a great way to just <laughs> hide from the kids for 20 minutes. <laughs> so, you know, just take a bath, relax for a little bit. Um, I also want to mention if you don't have a heating pad, you can make one. Um, you can use a pair of socks. I wouldn't use any that have, um, I would use like a cotton sock. I wouldn't use, what do they call it? Like a synthetic sock. Um, so cotton just typically works best and you can add about a cup and a half of rice in the sock and then just tie it up and throw it in the microwave and you can microwave it for, you know, a minute, minute and a half. 
and then touch it with your hand or your upper arm because again we don't want to burn your skin so do kind of a test run before you place it directly on the painful area we want to avoid burns at all costs okay all right, so other ways to decrease pain. Um, if you've heard me for any minute of time, you know that I'm a huge fan of diaphragmatic breathing. Uh, our diaphragm is actually our muscle of breathing. Our lungs are our organ, but our diaphragm is our muscle, and very few of us tend to use that diaphragm for breathing. We tend to use our, our chest and our traps and our shoulders, and we're not using effective breathing techniques. But uh, it's really important for times right now of stress and pain because our vagus nerve, that nerve that controls our central nervous system, it runs right through our diaphragm. So when you're using your diaphragm to breathe, you're actually giving a good massage to that vagus nerve to help calm your nervous system and modulate your pain. So a good way to know if you're breathing correctly with your diaphragm is to put your hands on all sides of your ribs. So kind of around your lateral rib cage, okay? And you want to feel excursion in the front, the sides, and the back. And we call this 360-degree breathing. So when you take an inhale, you should feel the back of your ribs move, the sides move. Everything should just kind of open up. If you've ever heard it, that analogy, it's bucket handle breathing. So if you think of this a bucket and the two handles on the side, like when you lift them up, that's what it should feel like when you take an inhale your ribs should expand in all directions and we should really get excursion in all directions. Um, but your diaphragm, when you do that, when you open your ribs up and take an inhale, your diaphragm actually descends down and gives your lungs more room to intake air. So your diaphragm comes down and think of it going down towards your belly button. It's not gonna go that far, but just for a good visual. So you inhale, your ribs open, your diaphragm comes down and you should get a little bit of opening in your front, um, like your belly. You should feel a belly rise. So your abdominal area is expanding. So focusing on this type of breathing for a good five minutes a day, you can certainly do longer, but if you get a minimum of five minutes a day, you're going to get huge benefits in both stress and pain relief. So diaphragmatic breathing is a little bit challenging at first. It may feel like a stretch at your diaphragm but nice and slow inhale. And then when you exhale, everything just returns back to its baseline. So your ribs come in, your belly drops down, your diaphragm comes back up and in under your ribs. So good, just practice that. I promise it's gonna give you a little bit of relief. I just wanna go back to, you know, we are doubling and tripling down on our self care right now and we have time to do that. So. Normally, we may not have time to work on our diaphragmatic breathing. Use this time that you have right now to put tools in your toolbox to decrease your pain. So diaphragmatic breathing is a great one for that. Um, meditation is also great. It is a challenge for most people to sit and meditate. I like the Calm app. There's certainly other ways out there to do it. There's probably people online leading you through free meditations right now. Take that opportunity and practice it. It's great for calming our nervous system again, and it's a distraction from our pain. It takes us sort of out of our body into our mind. And um, sometimes it may be hard to find a comfortable position to meditate. So think about this. Are you more comfortable sitting or lying or maybe in a semi-lying position? Use pillows, prop up your back, prop your hips and legs, anything to support a tired or painful area. Because you want to be able to find the position that you can comfortably be in for a good 10 minutes. 
10 minutes of meditation goes a long way. So if you've never done it before, especially if you're in pain right now, now's a great time to try it. Um, get outside and walk. You'll get the vitamin D, which we already said plays a role in pain. But walking outside can be a great... My daughter wants cereal. Okay, great. <laughs> walking outside can be a great distraction because you're going to hear the birds. You're going to feel the sun and the wind. Uh, your mind is going to wander, so it's going to take your focus off the pain. Uh, don't overdo it, though. You know, you don't want to increase your pain, so if walking hurts, don't get out there and walk. You know, use good common sense, but walking is a great way to distract us from our pain and to get that vitamin D coming into our body. So again, exercise is great. Finding gentle, repetitive, pain-free motion for our body is good. If you're doing an exercise video and it's having you move into a certain position and that hurts, back off. You don't have to go 100% into anything. Back off to 50%. See how your body feels. Movement is great for pain. We don't want to stay in one position too long, you know, uh, but movement, it lubricates our joints, keeps our blood and our lymph flowing. Uh, when we don't move, it's that chain reaction. Things get stiff. Our fascia tightens, which increases our pain. So we want to get out there and move, but we want to move in that pain-free range. So listening to our body and modulating how much we move is important too. So really paying attention. You don't have to go all out or go 100%. Like I said, back off to 50%. See how you feel. You know, if you're doing an exercise class or video, instead of doing 20 reps, do 10 and see how that makes your body feel. Um, one thing that I know people do, you know, when they are in pain is they try to shift away from the pain. So think about this. I, I tell people not to do the mindless shift, but pay attention to what you're doing when you're shifting away from that pain. Um, shift into positions that actually feel better for you or relieve the pain. So don't just move to move is what I'm saying. Really pay attention. So if you are, you know, standing and you've got your weight shifted to your right foot and you're just trying to get away from that pain so you shift to your left, well, did the left actually decrease the pain or not? So really get into your body and feel, was this intentional? And usually your body will let you know what positions are good and which ones aggravate your symptoms, but we have to listen to our body. Okay, another example that I have or suggestion is to set a loose schedule for ourselves. Now is not the time to be rigid, but we don't want to completely throw normalcy out the window. So try to set regular sleep hours. That's the one thing that's critical, I think, right now, especially if you're in pain. Turn off any devices. Uh, put your phone away from you. I mean, you may need it on for emergencies or whatnot, but don't have it near your bed if you can at all help it. Turn off the lights unless you have just a dim light. Turn off the TV, but really try to get some rest and set a schedule where you can get a good eight hours of sleep. And that may mean supporting our bodies with a lot of pillows. Again, finding a comfortable position when you're in pain can be very challenging. So you want to support your body, offload any painful areas, but again, aim, aim for that eight hours of sleep. And you want to schedule in other things besides sleep. So schedule in your self-care if you have to. Schedule in your work. Some of us are still working and you need to work and that provides some normalcy for you. So schedule in your work. The homeschooling, which I know, I mean, that could be a whole podcast, right? Um, but recreational time too, schedule in some downtime or fun time with your family right now or yourself, whatever you enjoy doing. And this is going to look different for everyone. Uh, but again, just at least schedule in your sleep and your meals right now. Um, so let's go to food. <laughs> 
Food can aggravate our symptoms and cause increased inflammation, which causes pain. So everyone has different food triggers, and one person may not be able to handle something such as dairy, and another person has no problem. But again, it goes back to paying attention to how our body feels when we eat certain foods. So if you notice your pain is worse after, let's say, lunch, well, what did you eat for lunch? Really think back to what you're putting in your body and how it's making you feel. So it's a great time right now to pay attention to that and, you know, modify our diet as we need to to make us feel good. Um, and I know that things are different and we might not be able to buy everything that we want that's healthy. We might, uh, because of work or homeschooling, have time to make three fully cooked meals and have healthy meals. But at least try to filter out what feels good to your body versus what triggers your pain or inflammation or bloating or makes you frequently go to the bathroom. These are some of the symptoms that I hear quite often, you know. So paying attention to what we're putting in your, our body and how it makes us feel. Okay, this one's going to sound a little bit cheesy, but self-talk. Um, you know, we're not talking to other people right now, so the voices in our head are a little bit loud. <laughs> so pay attention to what you're saying to yourself, and are you speaking more fear into yourself about what will happen or even what things will look like when they go back to normal or all the what ifs. Um, you need to distract yourself and start saying some more positive self talk. You know, I know that it does sound cheesy and it, it's kind of odd to talk to ourselves in this way. And to I think Emily said this too, like she called herself sweetheart, which I've never in my self talk said that to myself, but I do try to talk positively to myself. And one thing I've been trying to do is really pay attention to the negativity I'm saying to myself. Oh, that was so stupid. Why did you say that? Or that was really dumb. Why did you do that silly dance in front of your kids? Like, stop it right now. Now's a great time to flip how we're talking to ourselves and put more positive things into ourselves. So if you're, you know, continually uh, downgrading yourself or speaking fear into your life, that's again going to throw our nervous system into a tailspin and inflame our system. And again, what happens with more inflammation and just hysteria in our system? Pain happens. So as corny as it is, start, you know, and it's uncomfortable. I acknowledge that. Like, but say something positive, like I'm going to practice self-care today and I'm going to work on combating and managing my pain today. And every day your self-talk may look a little different, but really be positive with yourself right now. Um, the world is crazy enough. We don't need to add to that craziness. And just remember, we have more control than we think right now. We have more control over our pain even than we think. Now is the time for us to find ways to heal ourselves and put the tools in place to help ourselves. It is possible. We have more control over ourselves than we think. I know I just said that, but I really want y'all to hear that. Um, you know, people think when they come to me as a physical therapist that I'm going to heal them. And I say this all the time. I don't have the magic wand. I really wish I did, but I don't. I give people tools to help themselves. You have to put in the hard work and I do it with myself. You know, I'm not perfect. And right now, if you've been following me on Instagram, you've seen that I've done some blood work and um, I have some nutrients that I really need to boost because I've been dealing with some fatigue. I don't have any pain, thankfully, but I'm really worn out. And so I'm doing the hard work myself to eat better and to add a few um, vitamins into my system and just really trying to get nutrient-dense food into my body, which is 
hard. I mean, I go, I am busy. And so I eat out of convenience and I just throw stuff in my bag. A lot of things with preservatives, <laughs> you know, I'm normally eating in my car. So right now I'm having the opportunity to put in the hard work and it is hard for me too to eat better in order to fuel my system to give myself more energy. So it's a great time for us to really figure out how to heal ourselves, okay? But again, you may not know how to do that and that's why I'm providing this podcast. I'm trying to give you simple suggestions to help you with your pain, but reach out to providers that you know and trust. Now is a great time to reach out to them to help you help yourself. And I guarantee you there are people out there who have great suggestions. Counselors right now, this is easy for them because they're used to talking and not necessarily being in person. So seeking out a counselor to do it on the computer or on the phone session right now is great. So again, reach out to me. Um, I'll be happy to refer you to someone else if I can't help, but I'll do everything in my power to help you. I'm also offering compassionate pricing right now to help people since we're all in this together and all of our work situations look differently. So I, will, I would love to help, but I know there are other providers too who are out there. I know plenty of acupuncturists who are using their brains and their experience with acupuncture and Western medicine and Eastern medicine to help lead you into healing yourself. But massage therapists, I know we're used to thinking of them is using their hands to help us, but they have a brain too, and they've been highly educating, educated in the human body and uh, relaxation techniques. Um, so yeah, reach out to me, reach out to other providers. Um, I just wanted to use this time to talk about pain because I'm getting so many calls about people with pain, and I really don't want anybody to be in pain. That's why I went into a helping profession. It just kills me to see people in pain, and so I'll do everything I can to get you out of it. But practice all those self-care techniques. Go back to the basics with heat ice, diaphragmatic breathing, gentle exercise, sleep. Think about your nutrition. And I hope everyone has an awesome week. I've got a couple of podcasts lined up recording next week that I'm really excited about. So I look forward to talking more with y'all soon. And if you need anything, reach out. The Pelvic Yogi. Love you guys.